listening to Connection Church's podcast. This week, as I was preparing to, uh, to get the message for this week, uh, thinking about what we need to do and, and starting forward this new year and, and what God's doing in our lives, um, I, got, I got to thinking back of how God was dealing with me over the holidays. Uh, I was traveling, um, going to different uh, towns, you know, for family functions. Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm probably not the only one here that felt like I had to travel all over the world to see my family. So I was going from town to town. And as I was going through these towns, I remember going through these towns as I, when I was a child. been going every year for Christmas and Thanksgiving through these towns, and I began to notice these same church buildings. They've been the same since I was a kid. And, and the more I saw them, I mean, my heart began to just, it began to break. And I'm riding through these towns, and I'm like, why, God? Why is, there either, why is the town the same? Why are these buildings the same? Why are the churches the same? I'm 35 years old, God. Why in 35 years have the churches not grown? Why have things not changed in these communities? And I begin to break my heart because I'm, I hope you render realize that the church, the local church, is the hope of the community. And, and so if we're not doing our job, if we're not being the people God's called us to be, we're not giving the hope to our community that we should give it. And my heart began to break, and I was like, God, what in the world? And I was reading that, uh, that night, I was reading Zechariah chapter 3, and when I read it, these words just jumped out on the page to me. In verse 7, it says, This is what the Lord Almighty says. If you will walk in obedience to me and keep my requirements, then you will govern my house and have charge over my courts, and I will give you a place among these standing here. And what happens in this verse, before God tells this prophet this, he's done told the people through the prophet Zechariah, he's done told the people, hey, I want you to rebuild, I want you to rebuild the, uh, the, the temple. I want you to rebuild the temple because I want to bring my presence back into Jerusalem. I want you to rebuild the temple. He's done told them to rebuild the temple, but they haven't done it yet. They hadn't took those steps yet. How many things has God told you to do in 2016 that you haven't done yet? And that just spoke to me. God said, and then he tells the the priest, he said, look, if you will, underline that in your Bible, if you will, be obedient to me. That's the first step, guys. We have to be obedient to God. We have to do what he's called us to do. Amen? Amen? Then he says, if you will, then I will. God's, it's a conditional promise. God's promising, look, if you'll do your part, I promise I'm going to do mine. How many of us have not done our part in our relationship with God? We give excuses. We give all these things of saying why we don't do it, but yet we're not walking in obedience. What excuse have you given God this past year or why you're still dealing with the same sin you did with last year? We're supposed to be growing, Amen. We're supposed to be moving closer toward Christ-likeness. And if we're going to do that, that means I've got to take steps of faith every single day, walking away from the old me into the new me. If you will, then I will. God's Word says in in, in John, He says that if, if you will abide in me and I in you, then you will bear fruit. We're not going to bear fruit showing that we're a Christian unless we abide in Jesus. Amen? And I pray that in 2017 that you will abide in Jesus. 
See, the reason that these communities around us and, and churches haven't changed is because the people haven't changed in the church. They're the same old people they've always been. They're the same bunch of hypocrites they've always been. Nobody's changed. And if we're going to make an impact in our community, we got to change. And it don't start with me. It starts with you. See, we keep looking at people saying, well, they need to change. They need to change. No, it starts with you. I got to make sure I'm walking the walk. I'm talking the talk before I'm going to look at you and make sure you're doing it. And if I'm doing my part, if I'm seeking God, if I'm on fire for Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell people about Christ. Amen? I'm going to be intentional when I go to work. Amen? I'm going to be inviting people to connect group because I know that my Redeemer lives. And there's so many people that have forgotten that. They claim that their Redeemer lives on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, they live like hell. And that's why our communities don't change. You want to know why? It's because people in the church ain't doing their job. People that says they're followers of Christ aren't doing their job. And God says, if you will, I will. God wants to do amazing things in Jenkins County. God wants to do amazing things in your life, in your family. He wants to do amazing things, but you have to do your part. Are you willing to do it? Are you willing to do it? I want to make a proclamation. In 2017, we're going to be a lot more vocal church. Amen? Amen. We're going to say amen sometimes. Amen? Amen. We're going to say hallelujah sometimes. We're going to get excited because serving Jesus is exciting, right? right. Let's stop acting like we're dead up in here. Because we're alive, right? We serve a risen king, right? Let's do this thing. Let's start acting like we serve the risen Savior. I'm tired of coming up in this place and everybody's like, praise God. Man, come on. Let's act like we really love Jesus. God's saying, look, if you will obey me, God's saying, if you will obey me, I will respond. Obedience shows fruit. Obedience shows fruit. What fruit in your life this past year in 2017, what, 2016, what fruit has been shown that you are a true follower of Christ? Obedience shows dedication. If we're obedient to God, we're going to be dedicated to His work. We're not going to be these half-hearted Christians that on Sunday they, make, they raise their hand and say they choose to follow Christ, but they will never walk away from the sin they're living in. God's called us to be obedient people. Amen? If you will, I will, He says. Obedience shows respect and honor. Being obedient to God shows that we truly believe that He is God. We truly believe that He could take my breath right now. I'm going to be obedient to the God, to the King of my life, to the Savior of my soul, because I believe that He holds the keys to death and hell. So I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to take His word to heart. I'm going to do those things. Obedience shows God that I respect you, that I love you, that I care about you. Has your life this past year showed God that He is the King of your life? Or has it showed God that you still think you're the King of your own kingdom? What? Did 2016 show you? See, obedience also gives us the power through the Lord. See, that's why a lot of you have this dead, dry religion. Because you have never experienced the power of Jesus Christ through your life because you don't, you're not obeying God. Man, I'm telling you, take that step of faith. It's going to be tough the first time you take that first step. But God's not going to do amazing things in your life until you obey Him. A lot of you are still stuck saying, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. You know why? Because you haven't done the thing he told you to do 10 years ago. And I'm, remember, I'm, I'm, I'm just remembering the story of when God was telling the priest to go across the river. And he tells him to go across the river. He didn't say, when you get to the river, I'm going to part the waters for you. 
When you get to your problem, I'm going to part the waters for you. He didn't say that. He said, you need to take a step into your problem. You need to take a step into the water. And when their ankles touched, when they got ankle deep, the waters parted. God's wanting you to step out in faith, church. This is a faith. that When we follow Christ, it's by faith. Faith knowing I'm going to take this step. And even though I don't see it right now, my Jesus is going to be there. And that's what God's called us to be, a people of faith, taking those steps. And that's why the communities are not seeing a change because we're not walking by faith. We're trying to walk by sight. If we can't see it, we don't want to be it. And I want to be the man that's always stepping out, doing things that everybody thinks is crazy because I'm walking by faith. Is that what God was telling you to be? That's why he's calling you out to be. Because he says, if you will, I will. Nobody ever sees God do amazing things in their life just playing it safe, sitting on a church pew every Sunday. You never see God do amazing things. If you want to know why you're not closer to God than you were five years ago, start trying to obey God. Start walking away from things in your life that don't please Him. Start obeying God. And let me tell you something. If you start doing that, you will see God do amazing things in your life. That's where it all starts. It all starts in obedience. So many people say... (coughs) Excuse me. So many people think that they live in this dead, dry religion. They think that this is because they raised their hand and they said they were going to follow Jesus and they believed in Jesus and they got dunked in the waters, then they were okay. That doesn't mean anything. You just made a, a commitment that you're not keeping your end of the deal on. When you say, I have decided to follow Jesus, that means I'm going to follow Jesus. And so many people raise their hand and say, well, I've, I've done that. I'm just, I'm just getting my get-out-of-jail-free card. I'm just, I don't want to go to hell. I don't really follow Jesus, but I don't want to go to hell either. So I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to say I believe in him. I'm going to continue to live the way I want to live. It don't work that way. He says, if you follow me, if you follow me, if it was all about just believing in God, the devil and the demons would be okay because they know God exists. But they choose not to follow him. It's time for God's people to be obedient people. Amen. God says, if you will, Obey me, I will do amazing things. Church, God wants to use you. He wants to use all of you in this room to reach Jenkins County, but we have to do our part by pursuing God every single day. And that's my heart for you guys. That's the hardest thing as a pastor is I can't make you do nothing. I can pray for you. I can lead. I can tell you where we need to go, but you have to love Jesus enough to make those steps and say, I believe I want to do those things. I want to see Jesus made known and God made great in Jenkins County. And if you don't believe in that, if you don't walk in that, we'll just keep playing games and we'll keep being a dead community. That's what's wrong. It's because God's people are not being God's people. And it breaks my heart. Because God's called us be a people that bring hope to the world by how we love, by how we care, by how we witness, by how we show the love of Christ to other people. Because we're supposed to change our life and live a life on mission for God. God says, if you will, I will. So why aren't you? What aren't you doing? You know, God's done amazing things this past year. Man, he's done amazing things. And, and Buck was right when he told us that we, a lot of us are too close to what he's done. I mean, we went from 20 people meeting at my house last year this time to now we're running around 150 every Sunday. Minus this Sunday. Everybody decided to stay home. But 
And, and, but we've seen, we've seen 52 people make a profession for faith. Now, whether they're walking in that is up to them, but we've seen them make the profession and we've given them the opportunity to accept Christ and walk in that. We've seen 52 people. Amen. We've seen 64 people, I think I wrote down. Yeah, 64 people were baptized. 64 people took their next step in faith, saying, look, I want to be baptized and showing the world that I have decided to follow Jesus. That's unheard of. God's done amazing things, but that's just that, that, that's it. He doesn't want that to be it. He doesn't want just people to make a profession of faith. That's why we're in the state we're in, because so many people have just said, I've decided to follow Jesus, and nobody's being discipled to be told what it means to follow Jesus. And I'm just telling you, I mean, my heart, my heart is to see people not only come to know Christ, but to grow in a relationship with Jesus. My heart for each and every one of you in this room is the same heart that God has for you, is that you would grow. You wouldn't be this stagnant Christian that just keeps coming to church and don't, don't change, doesn't know more about him yesterday, today than he did yesterday. To be a follower of Jesus Christ means that we are growing closer to Christ-likeness. We're shedding the old me and walking in a relationship with him, closer to him every single day. Is, does that describe your walk with God? Y'all going to be quiet on me. Ephesians 3, if y'all turn there. When I read Ephesians 3, when I was reading that, I, I began to read and, and talk about, reading about Paul, and Paul was talking to the church of, of Ephesians, Ephesus, sorry. And he, he reads that in, in, in verse 14. It's a prayer that he's praying for the church. And when I read that, 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 I was like, that's, that's my heart this morning. That's my heart for you. That's my heart for this church. That's God's heart for milling. Verse 14 says this. It says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray out of his gracious riches that he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do it immeasurably more than we ask or can imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And this was Paul's heart to the people of Ephesus. He didn't want them to be a bunch of dry converts. He wanted them to be flourishing followers of Jesus Christ people that were changing, people that were making a difference, people that were reaching out. And if we don't do that, what are we, what are we doing? And that's the thing, verse 16, when I read it, it says, Let he may strengthen you with his power through his spirit in your inner being. That, that he would strengthen you in that. That, that, you're, that you would be strengthened in Jesus Christ. That you would grow in Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. We're here to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why God planted us here, so that we could 
to help people grow closer to Christ, not stay the same. Are you growing? Are you growing? Are you growing? See, that's where, that's where, that's the biggest thing in my heart is if I'm growing, <coughs> if I'm in a, if I'm connected to a growing relationship with Jesus, if I'm growing, I want other people to, to have what I have. Amen? I want people to feel what I feel. Amen? So that means I'm going to tell people. I'm going to shout from the rooftop. Come, let me show you what my Jesus can do. Look what he's done in my life. I used to be addicted to alcohol. My God changed me. My God freed me from alcohol. But you know why he freed me from alcohol? Because I chose Jesus more than alcohol. I said, God, I know this don't please you, so Lord, take this from me. You know why? Because I love Jesus. If I just wanted religion, I would have said, you know what? I want my beer and my Jesus. Give me my beer and my Bible. There's so many people still playing games with God in that. But, but since I, when, I, when, I, when I went down in faith and I said, God, show me your goodness. God, take this away from me. Take this sin from me because I know this does not please you. And when he removed that thing from me, it showed me how real my God is. Something I couldn't quit on my own, God took away from me just like that. Don't have no desire for it. Don't care for it. It's a bitter taste in my mouth right now. And that's not the only thing. It's addictive to me. When I see sin in my life, I'm like, God, I'm trying to fight this on my own. I can't handle it. God, take it from me. You know what he does? But you got to get to the point where you want God more. You want to please God. You want to please Jesus more than yourself. That's what he's called us to do. That's what, that's what Connect Group is about. That's what this church is about. It's about preaching people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And you can't grow on your own. You can only get so far. I went so far without anybody giving me direction in my life. I wish I had an older man or just a fellow Christian to help walk with me through some things, to help me understand God's Word, but I didn't have that. That's why Connect Group is so important. That's why we have Connect Group. So we're doing life with one another. We're helping one another. We're, we're studying God's Word together. If, if Connect Group has been a blessing in your life, let me hear you say amen this morning. Amen. It's changed me. Even as a pastor, it's changed me. I began to have just real Christian community with people. I mean, in verse, in verse 16, 17 and 18, he says, look, 17, he says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. He's saying, look, he prays that, that, his, that the people in Ephesus, that their life would be marked by continual growth, that it would be fruit. Is there fruit in your life? Does your, could your family look at you and say, he is a follower of Jesus, she is a follower of Jesus. There is a difference in their life. Can the people that are close to you know that there's a difference? Do they know that? Because if not, guess what? There's no change. There's no difference. There's no salvation. There's no difference. There's no following Christ. That's the bottom line. If you're not following Jesus, if you're not following Christ, if you're not growing your relationship with Christ, there's no fruit in your life, then there's no salvation. God said, I mean, it's important that we follow him. Amen? It's important that we grow. And Paul was, was praying. He's like, I want these people to grow. I want their lives to be marked by growth. They're not satisfied where they are. They're never satisfied until they are with Christ himself. See, my prayer is that you wouldn't be just Sunday morning attender, that you would get involved, that you would get hooked into a connect group, 
I honestly believe connect group is where, real, is where real life change happens. That's where you can walk with people. That's why you see that people are not fake. And, and my connect group's here, so I'll speak for my connect group. And y'all can kill me later. But I'm telling you, when I started doing life with my connect group, that's when I realized, you know what? I'm not as jacked up as I thought I was. <laughs> Man, there's some people with some real problems up in my group. But you know what? Walking with people through those problems, walking people through those issues, it's exciting to see how God's brought people through them because they weren't okay with where they were. They just wanted to know Jesus more. They were, they were, saying, they were transparent of saying, look, I've messed up. I don't know where to go from here, but what do I do? And walking with them through it. That's what God's called us to do. And that's why Connect Group is so important, that we're transparent with one another. It's not about us looking good or us looking bad. It's about us pursuing the Christ that died for us. Amen? That's what it's about. And that's why we, 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 we promote Connect Group and we want you to be in a Connect Group because we want to see you grow, not just come to church. Because you can come to church. I went to church. Lord have mercy. I went to church my whole life until I was 25 years old and prayed a sinner's prayer, I bet, 200 times until I really realized what it meant to follow Christ. Going to church don't save you. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ that saves you. And until you have a true relationship with Jesus Christ where he walks with you and he talks with you every single day, then you don't know Jesus. And that's what he's called us to do. And that's what a relationship with Jesus looks like. And that's what Paul's crying out for the people in Ephesians and in Ephesus. He's crying out to those people. He says that you may be rooted and established. Rooted is an is a, a agricultural term. For a plant to survive, he has to have deep roots. You don't have deep roots just overnight. It takes intentionality. It takes, you have, to, you have to water that thing. You have to put fertilizer on it. The way that we as Christians have deep roots is we have to read God's word every single day. We have to water our lives with the word of God. Amen? Amen. We have to walk in obedience to God. That's how we get deep roots. You see so many people that, that claim to be a Christian, but when things go bad, they walk away from the faith. You know why? Because they had shallow roots. They didn't read God's Word. They didn't know for sure what it meant. They just had superficial faith where they come to church on Sunday. God's called us to be a people of deep roots. Amen? Amen. And the only way that we make it, the only way that we make it through persecution, the only way we make it when times get hard is if we are rooted in God's Word. And that word established is an architectural term. To establish a building, you have to set a foundation. God has, Jesus Christ has to be the foundation of your life. I pray over people all the time that, that you may, I pray that people will wake up in the morning thinking about Jesus. When they go to bed, they think about Jesus. I want your life to be encompassed by Jesus Christ. He is the one that establishes your life. If we're going to make a difference, if you're going to make a difference in your community, then he has to be the essence of your life. You have to be rooted. You have to be established. You have to be surrounded with the spirit of Jesus Christ every single day. Amen? Because we can't do it in our own power. And Paul's crying out to the people in Ephesus the same way. You know, one of the things, too, is the more intentional we are as following Christ, I'm not satisfied where I am right now. And if you hear a pastor that says, I was win as far as I, have, if I can go, I know Christ as much as you can know Christ. You need to go find you another church because he's lying. We need to be pursuing Christ every single day. Want more. God, I want more of you. I want to know more of you. I want to understand more of you, God. I want to walk closer with you, God. I want to be, I want to be, when people see me, I want them to see me like Stephen and my face glows because of your presence. That's how we should be. 
We should be just as addicted to Jesus as we are to the things of this world. If you, what if you pursue God like you pursue your career? What if, what if in 2017, think about this, in 2017, what if you pursue God as much as you pursue the almighty dollar? Because, because in reality, the dollar in our life rules our life. We, if we don't have any money, we won't eat. If we don't have any money, we won't, we won't have anywhere to live. We pursue the dollar. And for the majority of us in this room, we pursue the dollar more than we pursue Jesus. And what if we did, what if we said, God, you know what? I'm going to pursue you just as hard. And if you want me to leave my job, if my job is keeping me from pursuing you, then by God, I'm going to leave my job. Because I'm going to, I want you more. And I know I have faith in you that you are going to provide for me. Do you know Jesus that close that you know that you take that step of faith and knowing that he's calling you out, that he's going to supply the need for you? I want to tell you, 2017 is going to be a crazy year for me and my wife. God's been telling us to do some things that are uncomfortable. I told her the other day, I said, baby, we're going to be, we're going to be a lot. We're going to, we're going to be walking by faith this year for God, to, for God to supply for us. It's easy to, to, to pad things. It's easy to pad the account. It's easy to make sure that you have plenty of money and you feel secure in your own self. But do you feel secure enough to walk away from everything to pursue God? And most of us in this room could probably say no. But God wants us to recklessly abandon who we are in order to pursue him to where he wants us to be. That's the kind of people God wants. That's the kind of people we should aspire to be. And we won't be there overnight, but we should be pursuing that every single day. And don't just say that that's me because one day God's going to say, all right, put your money where your mouth is. And you will sit there and say, you know what? I can't go. I don't have the faith to step out and go. It takes baby steps. I used to aspire to sit, when, I, when I seen people that would go and go to third, third world countries and be missionaries, I'd be like, man, them people really, really, really know Jesus. I can do that. And when somebody was like, well, all right, well, if the opportunity came for you to go to Africa, would you leave right now? Would you leave? Would you and your wife pack up and leave right now? And I was like, um, I, I hope I can because the reality set in. But if I'd have really been where I should have been, if I'd have really been walking by faith, I'd be like, you know what? If, if I feel like God's calling me to go to Africa, I will step out right now and me and my wife will go. God's called us to be a people who are so consumed with him that we'll walk and talk and do anything he tells us to do. Does that mark your life? Verse 19 says, And to know the love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure and the fullness of God. See, when you understand the love of God, when you understand how far he went to save you, that's when things change. That's when things change for me. When I realized that God sent his only son to come down here and die, and he would have died just for me. He would have died just for you. He sent his son to die for you. That showed me the love of Christ. And, and, and I realized that at an early age, but until I really had my son, that's when I really realized what God did. He said, all right, Jesus, you've got to go and pay the penalty. And Jesus said, okay, okay, Father, I'll do that. Jesus loved us enough to come and die on a rugged cross for us, 
to be born and, and live amongst people that didn't respect him, that spit on him, that lied to him, that disobeyed him. He was the king of kings. He was God in the flesh. He could have killed them just like that, but he didn't. He lived on this earth blameless just so that, and, and, and died in a, on a cruel rugged cross just so that we could have the opportunity to spend eternity with God. That's the love of my God. And when you understand that, when I understand that he loves me that much, I'm willing to do whatever he wants me to do. When I understand, when, I, when, I, when Sabrina and I were dating, I, I loved her so much, I would buy her anything, and she knew that. So she was like a wish list of stuff. But, but she knew that I, that, she, that I loved her so much that I would do, I would do anything because I loved her. She even used that same card this Christmas. I tell you, she hadn't changed none. <laughs> but I tell you, when you love somebody, you'll go to great lengths to please them. Amen? Amen? So why haven't you went to great lengths to please God? Why are we settling for second-rate Christianity when God wants us to flourish? God wants you to grow. God wants to see you do amazing things. But you've got to step. We can't continue to, we all walk around like we're tied to a boat anchor and we can't go nowhere. All you got to do is say, Lord, set me free, and he will. You've got to want it. And the reason that you're not growing is because you don't want it good enough. You don't want it bad enough. If I want something, I go after it. If you want something, you go after it. When you leave here, you're going to be hungry. You're going to go after something to eat. The problem is you're not hungry enough for God. You're okay with where you are. You're okay with the things you have, and I pray that in 2017, your hunger for Christ or overpower your hunger for this world. See, Paul knew the temptations. Paul knew, and he was praying that the church in Ephesus, that the people, the leaders in that church would persevere. I pray that those even in this room that are connect group leaders, I pray that you are never satisfied just to be a connect group leader. I pray that you're always aspiring to be more. You're always aspiring for God to use you more. You're not, you're not satisfied with just the group you have. You're not satisfied with the people under your care that you want, to, you want to pour your life into the people in your connect group so that they are prepared to go out, to be sent out, to make an impact on the world. And I know it's hard. I know it's tough. And, I, and I'm going to admit something to you guys. And my connect group is here. I probably failed my connect group this past year because I was consumed with things of this world. I was, I was off track. We, we got caught up in just doing group instead of being focused on the mission. But let me tell you, Lindsay and Connect Group, y'all better hang on to your horses because we're going to be going at it 2017. Because God's given, God's given me the, the confirmation and reality of saying, Jeremy, you've been playing games. You need to get serious because, because Adam's not going to reach his potential until you pour into him like you should. Albert's not going to be the man of God that you called, he called to be. Until you pour into him because he's under your care. And as we as connect group leaders, the people in our group, in our connect group, they're under our care for us to pour into them so that they can pour into somebody else so they can go out and advance the kingdom. And that's what God's called us to be. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard working and all these things. I probably will always have two jobs because I don't want anybody to think that you're just a pastor and you don't understand. I'm probably always have two jobs because I don't want nobody to ever think that I don't understand the struggle of being a connect group leader and having a job. I, I, have, I have a job that I work 30 hours a week. I also work 40 hours a week for the church or plus. That's, that's what's that, 70? 
have a son that's be six months old this week. I have a wife. I have grass I have to cut. I have all these things, all these other responsibilities. But you know what? I have to put Jesus above a lot of other stuff. I want, if I want to see my connect group, if I want to see my people in my group, if I want to see you grow, not just people in my connect group, but you as a whole, if I want to see you grow as a, as a follower of Christ, then I've got to pour my life out for you. And that's what God's called us to do as leaders. Paul knew that. That's why he was praying that they would be rooted, that they would be established, that they would feel the power of God and they would be together. Out of all that, my whole prayer for, for you guys for 2017 is your life would be centered on Jesus Christ. You see, when you're, only until your life is centered on Christ to where your life doesn't revolve around you, it revolves around Jesus. It revolves around what he wants you to do, how he wants you to do it. Until your life is centered on Christ, you will truly never have the peace that goes beyond all understanding. You will never really be fulfilled. You'll never really feel God do amazing things in your life until your life is centered on him. What does centered look like? What does that look like? I know a lot of us don't, have, don't even know what that even looks like. Because we think centered on God means that I read my Bible every now and then, that I maybe go to group, that I go to church. You know, it looks like, no, your life, every day you get up, it's like, God, God what can I do today for you? What you want me to do for you today, God? How, God, what in my life needs to get out so that I can please you more, Lord Jesus? It's being obedient. Amen? Every day pursuing God. I pray that in 2017, your life will be centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. That you wouldn't be just this person that comes and goes out of these doors. That you are on mission everywhere you go. That you see your workforce as you are a missionary placed there to witness and to be the follower of Christ to the people that you work with. Stop giving excuses of, hey, it's just hard. You don't know the people I work with. Man, come on. What did Jesus do for you? Let's be, let's be like Mr. Eddie said, let's go and infect the world around us. Amen? Are you prepared to do that? Do you want to do that? If you want to do that, let me hear you say amen. amen. Are you going to do that? Let me hear you say amen. amen. Yeah, it got quieter that second time. I'm telling you. 2017, if we are going to reach the people that God's called us to reach, God's called us, when we first started planting this church, he, called, he, he spoke into my heart. It was like he was saying, Jeremy, I want you to go after the people that are undesirable, that nobody else wants. I want you to go to those neighborhoods that nobody else wants, and I want them to know that I love him. And if we're going to reach those people, then we have to be focused on Christ. And when we get ready to, to plant another group, we, they're not going to come to us. They haven't came yet. We have to go to them. We have to go plant a group in, in an undesirable neighborhood, maybe in a trailer park, maybe somewhere, maybe in, the, maybe in the projects. We need to go plant a group in there and be like, I love you. I want you to know Jesus Christ. But you won't be that. You won't be that bold unless your life is centered on the gospel. God's going to call us to do those things. Then we have to be centered. So I want to ask you, is is your life centered on the gospel? Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Jesus Christ? Is he the reason you get up in the morning? Because let me tell you, if the, if the disciples, if the 12 disciples, if they didn't eat and sleep Jesus, they would not have died for Jesus. They would not have sacrificed as much as they sacrificed for Jesus because they knew he was worth it. Do you know that Jesus Christ is worth it this morning? Some of you look at me like, oh my God, when are you going to shut up? 
But I'm telling you, God did not call us just to come to church. God did not call us to label ourselves Christians. God called us to be obedient. God called us to walk in his ways, and God's called us to be the hope of the world. And the only way that happens is if we obey God. And he says, if you will, I will. So how are you going to respond to that this morning? How are you going to respond to that this morning? A lot of us are like the man when Peter was preaching and, uh, and, and the guy fell out the window. They were sitting there preaching and the guy was sitting in the window and he, and he was so bored to death that he just fell out the window and they thought he was dead. A lot of us live our life like that. We're just bored with Christianity. We're just bored. We're just, we're just doing, going through the motions and, and, and next thing you know, you're going you're gonna to just fall out. Are we like that? Is that, would, that would, would that describe your, like, your relationship with Jesus this past year? Would, would your relationship with Jesus be described as bored? Have you been making progress? Are you just sitting still? Or would your relationship with Jesus be like, be like the four, four men that, that found their paralyzed friend? And they heard that Jesus was in town. You remember the story? They heard Jesus was in town. He could, their paralyzed friend couldn't get to Jesus. What did they do? They picked up the bed. And they rushed it. Because they said, come on, we got to go. He may leave town. We got to get him there. Because if we can get Jesus, if we can get him to Jesus, he'll be saved. If we can get him to Jesus, he'll be healed. If we can just get him there. And as they ran through town, bringing their, bringing their friend, they get to town and wanted to get there to the house where Jesus was at. There was opposition. There were so many people crowded around, they couldn't get him to Jesus. Did they give up? No. No. They were so convinced that if they could just get their friend to Jesus, Jesus would heal them. They pulled him up on the roof. They were so intense. They were pulling off shingles. They were pulling off, I can just see them now, just blood pouring from their hands. Come on, hurry. Pull that off. Pull that beam off. We got to get the roof off this thing so we can get him to Jesus. Hurry, hurry, hurry before he leaves. And as they get that last bit off and they look down and they see Jesus and they're like, oh, there he is. He's still here. And they let him down. What did Jesus say? tells the man that he's healed not by his faith but by the faith of his friends are you that sold out to God to where you just know all you got to do is just get them to Jesus if you can get them there you love people so much to where I just want you there I'm going to do whatever if it costs me blood I'll do whatever if it's going to cause me harm I'll do whatever I just want you to know Jesus only until then is when we will truly make an impact Where are you today? Are you bored? Or are you on fire? What's God calling you to step out of this morning? There's some of you in this room right now that does not know what a true relationship with Jesus Christ looks like. You think just because you raise your hand, you come to church occasionally, that that means you're okay with God. You don't, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you don't know Jesus, and when you die, you will go to hell, separated from eternity from God. See, people think that the fire and, the, and, and all that stuff and the torment is what's horrible about hell. What's horrible about hell is you spend eternity separated from the presence of the Creator. That's the tragedy of hell. The fire and the torment is just something more awful that happens. 
But a real tragedy is never being able to be in the presence of God ever again. And God gives us a chance every week, every day. If you're still breathing, you have an opportunity to accept Him as your Lord and Savior and truly follow Jesus. I'm going to give you that opportunity. As the band comes up, I'm going to be standing right over here. And if God's moving your heart that you need to commit your life to Jesus Christ, you need to give your life to Christ, I want you to come and pray with me. I want you to come and really pour out your heart and give your life to Christ today because that's the most important thing you could ever do in your life. Amen. That's the only way you're going to kick addiction. That's the only way that that your life is going to have any meaning. That's the only way unless you surrender your life and truly follow Jesus. And for those of you that that you're saying, I am a follower of Christ, I do know Jesus, then what's keeping you from pursuing him more in 2017? What do you need to come to this altar and say, Lord God, remove this this block. Remove this stumbling block in my life. God, remove these things so that I may be more rooted in you. What needs to change in your life so that you can make make an impact in the community around you? Maybe God's been telling you something that you need to step out in faith and do, but you've been too scared to. Maybe you need to come to this altar and pray for God to give you the courage to step out. Guys, God didn't call us to play church. God didn't call us just to come in here on Sundays and and, and soothe our religious spirit. He called us to step out and be a force to reckon with, to take back the ground that Satan took from us because we're so lazy and we don't want to do God's work. What do you need to get right with God? What do you need to give to God so you can be in the right relationship with Him? What do you need to give to God so you can pursue Him more? And There's no reason there should be one of you sitting in these chairs when this altar call is given. Do business with God. Stop playing games. And let's get serious so we can change Jenkins County in 2017. Amen. So when the music starts, and I stop praying, y'all start coming. Jesus, we just come to you right now, Lord. God, this is a new year, a new day. So many people are making new commitments. God, I just pray that you would just move in our hearts, Lord, that you wouldn't be just a new commitment, but you would be a lifestyle. That we would center our lives on you, God. God, we would quit just coming in and going out. That we would be serious about you, Lord Jesus. That our lives would be marked by obedience, Lord. That God, your word says that if we will do our part, you will do yours. And God, I, I rest in that, God, and I have faith in that, God. And I pray that you would move in the hearts of these people and God in my heart too, Lord. And God, show us what we need to change so that we can do your will. Show us what we hadn't been obedient in right now. Show us, God, what steps we need to take so that we can follow you more intently. God, help us, Lord. Show us what we need so that we can pour ourselves out for you, Lord. Lord, all of us in this room want to see you do amazing things in Jenkins County. God, we want to see you do amazing things in the people that we love. The people we go to grocery store with and the people that we go to the recreation department and football games and family and friends, we want to see you do amazing things in their lives. We want to see your name made great in Jenkins County. But God, I know that for that to happen, then God, we have to be sold out to you. So Lord, I pray that in 2017, we will stop being 
a people that give you lip service and we'll be a people of action. God, I pray that we would stop being people that make excuses and we would start making plans. Father, I pray that you would just show in our minds right now, you would flash the excuses we've been giving you this past year. I pray, God, it is those excuses begin to hit our mind that we would get brokenhearted because we have given the King of kings and Lord of lords excuses while we don't serve him the way we should. So, Father, please, break our heart for what breaks yours so that we may be your obedient people and we may see your power expressed through us, Lord. God, I pray that you would move in the hearts of those that don't know you and they would be bold enough to step out and surrender their life to you and truly experience the freedom of salvation. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.